Hey, hi, hello there. My name is Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen, and welcome to the Skin Lovers Unite podcast, a place for all beauty therapists, skin therapists, estheticians, cosmetic nurses, and anyone else in the professional beauty industry who wants to learn more about skin science. In these episodes, I'll teach you everything you need to know when it comes to skin concerns, ingredient technology, treatment, and helping you to become the best you can be so that you can achieve the best outcomes for your clients. Are you ready to learn? Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, skin lovers. I hope you are well. I need to apologize. (laughs) So I was having a conversation with my best friend on the phone the other day, and she was saying that you've got a lot of echoing in your podcast, and it's a little bit you know, unprofessional sounding. And I was like, yeah, I really don't know why, because I have a professional podcast microphone. It doesn't have one of those foam covers over the top, but I always do my podcast in my lounge room, like facing into my couch. So it's like a little sound booth. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I need to look into different software. And today, as I was recording, I realized that I haven't been using my goddamn microphone. I have been sitting here with the microphone in front of my mouth and then just the sound's been going into my laptop. So if you have been listening to this and being like, oh my gosh, that that's so echoey, it's annoying, I apologize because that's really annoying. <laughs> and also apologies for being a day late with this one, but I've now created a podcasting schedule, which I'm really excited about. I was unsure if I was going to do this. I thought I'll just do them as I kind of want and as it feels natural to, but I'm a Capricorn. I am a scheduling and organization queen. So Mondays and Wednesdays, I will now be recording and uploading. So today we are going to be chatting all things retinol and I really wanted to do this topic because I see a lot of questions come up about it all the time in different beauty groups and I really think it's an ingredient that can be undervalued but it also has a lot of elements to it. So let's start by talking about what it actually does. So retinol is one of my absolute favorite ingredients. It really works to regulate cell turnover. So if your cells have become a little bit more senescent or aged, it'll help to speed that up. If you are an acneic skin where your skin cells are turning over too quickly, it'll help to regulate that to a nice 28 to 30 days. It also works to stimulate your fibroblast cell. Now your fibroblast cell lives in the dermis and it helps to create collagen, elastin and also hyaluronic acid. These are essential as we start to age because every year after we turn 30, we start to produce 1% less collagen and 0.5% less elastin every year. Not to mention we lose density within our skin and that's your hyaluronic acid. We also, or retinol also regulates oil flow too. So it helps to have a nice healthy amount of sebaceous fluid on your skin so that you're not too oily, but you're also not super dehydrated at the same time. And my last favorite thing about retinol is that it can be a tyrosinase inhibitor. So if you are using retinol to treat hyperpigmentation, it is amazing to actually help that process and to help brighten the skin at the same time. Retinol, in my opinion, should be a staple in absolutely everybody's routine. It's amazing for acne, it's amazing for pigment, for aging, loss of firmness, and also anybody who's had injectables to help keep that plump and firmness within the skin. 
especially if you are receiving treatments such as peels, needling, microdermabrasion, HIFU, IPL rejuve. If you aren't recommending a retinol to your clients, that's just a missed opportunity, not only for you as a therapist to help with the results, but also to help maintain amazing skin at home. So let's start by talking about what makes retinols so different because there are so many different retinols on the market and I often see a lot of consumers getting confused and if they're confused, then maybe we as therapists are also confused. So when we have a look at retinol, retinol is an ingredient and sometimes this is more commonly referred to as vitamin A. When we have a look at the different types of vitamin A's or in the vitamin A family, you start off with the weakest form and that is retinol palmitate. So this is a derivative of retinol. Palmitate or tape usually means a derivative and it doesn't have a lot of anti-aging benefits, but it is an amazing antioxidant. So I guess if you're looking at an ingredient that you're wanting to stimulate collagen, elastin, hyaluronic acid, it might not do that, but it'll help to prevent free radical damage from destroying your collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid. But most of the time when you are looking to stimulate all of those other amazing things, retinol palmitate won't do that. It does, however, have the ability to convert through the retinoid receptors and metabolize within the skin into retinol. However, by the time it's usually done that, it's lost all of its huff and puff and it converts back down to retinol palmitate where it stores the retinol esters in the skin to give you that antioxidant protection. Hopefully that made sense then. Which is why so many different skincare brands will actually just formulate with retinol. So retinol is the one that's biologically available to our skin. Our skin really takes that, absorbs it, runs with it, and that's the one that will start to create change within our skin. It's the one that causes the least sensitivity when used correctly and when put in the right delivery system. It's also the most easiest to keep stable as well. Retinol, once it enters the skin, does convert within the retinoid receptors into retinaldehyde. Now, retinaldehyde is the next strength up. It's very expensive to work with. It's very hard to keep stable and it's quite a potent smell. And if you've smelt retinol before, it's like that times 10 and it's quite a yellowy color. So not very ideal when working with skincare, but that's okay because as I just mentioned, retinol converts into retinaldehyde anyway. And then from there, retinaldehyde really quickly converts into retinoic acid. Retinoic acid is the one, the golden child. And most of the time, people will go straight to a retinoic acid and that's prescription only strength. So retinoic acid is um, things like Differin, uh, Retrieve, Stevia, and it's fine for clients to use that. However, I always say, Look, if you've got sensitive skin, if you're prone to reactions, if you're prone to any sort of sensitivities, then you're better off to use a cosmeceutical strength vitamin A because they also formulate with other amazing skin beneficial ingredients. When you're looking at using a retinoic acid just by itself, you know, the name acid means that it's strong. It's actually going to have a intense response on your skin, which for some people, hey, that's what they're into and that is completely fine. Whatever floats your boat. 
I think sometimes people are quick to take the advice of a doctor, but just a little reminder to you, and you can share this with your clients, not all doctors understand and have studied the cosmetic layers of the skin in the same way a skin therapist has. I mean, there still is a place for it, but I just think not everybody would be the right fit for a prescription vitamin A. Additionally, you can also get retinoic acid within Kligman's formula. So Kligman's formula is a combination of uh, retinol or retinoic acid rather, sorry, and hydroquinone. And it is a prescription only cream that is designed to really lighten and brighten the skin and really just demolish pigmentation and brighten the skin and be super anti-aging. But once again, it's quite intense. And if people are sensitive, if people have weak skin, thin skin, um, you know, sometimes it causes more damage than good. So there are definitely pros and cons with retinoic acid and it's good for you as a therapist to know this so that when a client says to you, I'm using Retrieve or I'm using Differin, you're not caught off guard and you can say, yep, okay, I know about this. That's a prescription retinoic acid and you can ask questions like, how do you think your skin feels after using it? Is it sensitive? Is it dry? How often do you use it? And also a good one to ask is, do you get flaking and shedding? Because if they're getting regular flaking or shedding, that can really impact the barrier function and we really need to be aware of that when we're going into a treatment and also when we're going to be prescribing skincare because that would be a great indication that we need to recommend them hyaluronic acid and a vitamin B of some sort. All right, so what makes retinol different? There are a few things here. One is the ingredient that they're actually formulating with. Now we've just gone over a few. So we've gone over retinol palmitate, retinol, retinaldehyde and retinoic acid. Not all vitamin A's are created equal and so it's really important to find out which one they're using so we can make the best informed decision for our client. The next is the percentage. Now, skincare brands will tell you it's not about the percentage, but in a world where people can self-prescribe, percentage is good to know. We as a therapist need to know, are we recommending a 0.25% or are we recommending a 1% or is it a 1.5%? But this is closely, closely, closely hand in hand with the delivery system. Because if you have a 1.5% retinol in a really fast delivery system, to me, I would be like, oh my gosh, my skin is not going to handle that. But if you said that it was a 1% retinol, but it was in a nice gentle delivery system, I would probably be more open to actually putting that on my skin. So what exactly is a delivery system? Well, when you put a skincare product on your skin, most of the time it has to absorb down into the layers that we want it to in order to have that desired chain reaction within the skin. So for example, when we're talking about retinol, we want it to be delivered down into the dermis so it can stimulate that fibroblast cell so it can create new collagen, elastin, hyaluronic acid, and so the story goes. So it gets there through a delivery system. Now, sometimes companies will keep that as proprietary information. I've worked with a lot of skincare brands before who keep that on the down low and it's super annoying, but also too, I totally get it because if you've got an amazing product, you want to make sure that nobody's going to steal your delivery system. But most of them will have a unique delivery system. It might be in some sort of particle. It might be linked with peptides. It could be in 
like a mesh type system. It could just even be, um, I can't even think of the word, coagulated, bonded. I'm like putting my fists together right now trying to think of the word, maybe bonded to like an ingredient like glycolic acid or lactic acid and that could be the delivery system in itself as well. So really important to know those few things because that will help you to make the right decision. So if you had a client who came to you and they said that they were using a 3% retinol palmitate, you know, for me, I would be like, okay, so the chances are that it's going to be a slow or gentle delivery system. You know, 3% whilst it seems high, it's a retinol palmitate, so it's an antioxidant and just a little bit of a uh, tip and trick here. A lot of brands in the chemist will use retinol palmitate within their formulations. It's interesting because some of them are coming out with their own now branded retinol and it's not retinol, it's not quite retinol palmitate, it sits in between and I'm like, okay, well, what is this? And I've done some research and I'm like, all right, but it's still a palmitate, it's still an antioxidant. (laughs) So is it that anti-aging? I don't know, but it's good for you to know that as a therapist. Um, as opposed to if somebody said they were using a 1% retinoic acid, I would be like, holy moly, one, is your skin okay? Two, that's intense. <laughs> and three, are you enjoying the results that you are seeing from using this product? That's always a really important question to ask. So when first using a retinol, it's really important that you really consult your client and see where they're at with their barrier. If they're telling you that they get dry and sensitive skin, I don't know if I would recommend a retinol straight away, like maybe work on their barrier first and then put a retinol into their routine second. Um, Otherwise, if they were okay and they've been using retinol before, no matter what brand they start on, whether they've been using a retinol for 10 years, 20 years, they've been using it for a year and they start on a new brand, um, it's always important to introduce it slowly. So every second or third night and then build up from there. Now they might not get to every single night and that is completely okay. Oh my gosh. I am a fiend for the Skin Better Science Alpha Ret Vitamin A. It is hands down the best vitamin A I've ever used ever. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, um, but I can't use it every day. Like I've tried so many times and I get pretty damn close. (laughs) And in saying that, I mean, I do use it every day, but then I end up in retinoid responses, purging, skin sensitivity. And that's because the delivery system is second to none. So for me, I might only use it two to three times a week, but I notice a difference. I notice my skin is glowing. My cheekbones are lifted. My skin is nice and clear. So I know it is doing its job. And in saying that, I get to crack open a new bottle tonight. How exciting, but also a little bit sad because that stock is running low and that is a very expensive product, but it's a good product. So I don't mind spending the money on it. So some expected responses that you should see with retinol is glowing skin. You should see that nice, healthy glow. You should see plumping of the skin. So plumping of different fine lines. You could see lifting in the cheekbones. You should see lifting around the outsides of the face. In saying that too, then you might start to see pigmentation coming to the surface because it's regulating cell turnover. It's getting everything out to the surface. And sometimes if you are recommending a retinol to an acne skin, you may have a little bit of a purge as well. And that's completely normal. It's just your skin regulating, bringing all the old crap up to the surface 
turning over so that you can start fresh again. With retinol, it's just a matter of being consistent when you get through that purging phase or get through that pigmentation phase. And that's when we can really nip it in the bud with a treatment in clinic. I know I've been experiencing that at the moment. It's really brought out my pigment. Gosh, all around my eyebrows, I'm like cringing. But on Thursday, I'm booked in to have a little bit of a treatment to help lift that pigmentation. And then I'll continue on my vitamin A afterwards. So one thing that you shouldn't see from retinol is redness, flaking, swelling, or peeling, or even swelling around the eye area. I saw in a beauty group somebody say, um, how do you know when to step up onto the next vitamin A? My vitamin A isn't peeling my skin anymore. And I was just like, oh, this is all kinds of no. <laughs> this is half why I'm doing the podcast, just to educate people. But when you are using a vitamin A, getting regular peeling, flaking, shedding is not a desired response. If you are getting that all the time or if your clients are getting that all the time, might be a good idea to bring it down a notch. In saying that, if a client's gone through a full bottle of retinol, they had a lovely response, they were happy with how it went on their skin and they're like, now what? That's when you can set them up. Or you might be like me where you've been using the same retinol for 18 months now and you're happy with it and you don't need to go any further. You know, you don't always have to progress forward. You don't always have to be recommending the strongest and the hardest. It really depends on the skin. You know, for me, I'm not even 27 yet. And so to do that to my skin, I'm like, no, because I'm quite happy with how my skin is for my age. If I was like 50 and I was just starting on retinol, then I might progress forward. But hey, because I've started using retinol 25 years earlier, I might not need to go that far anyway. We'll see. It'll be good. (laughs) Um, so when to discontinue the use of retinol, this is really important and something that I see therapists make mistakes with all the time. So I hope you haven't done this to your clients before, but the first thing we need to do is waxing. When we are telling our clients or selling a vitamin A to our clients or booking in our clients at any sort of waxing, whether it be eyebrows or anywhere, They need to discontinue the use of retinol really two to three days prior. And I know that sounds a lot, but what happens is retinol creates cellular turnover. And as our skin cells are turning over, they're desquamating or exfoliating. And so when you get into the treatment room, if they have not, if they've been using a retinol for like two or three weeks or two or three months and they don't stop it and then you put hot wax on their skin, wax doesn't just take off hair, takes off everything in its path and that's when you can cause skin lifting. And we see it happen all the time. Um, I remember, was it last year or the year before? I don't know. They pop up every so often. And it was a lady who had posted a massive complaint on a beauty page. And she was saying that the clinic burnt her. um, And she just had these red scars. And it was welty. And it did not look pretty. And the clinic were denying that it was their fault. And I was like, there is more to this story. And I did some uh, deeper digging. And I found out that she was on prescription vitamin A and she was on Roaccutane. So, you know, one, she had failed to mention that to the clinic, but also two, the therapist had forgot to check. (laughs) 
So it's a catch-22 there, but the same thing can happen with, you know, cosmeceutical retinol or prescription retinol. It's happened to me more times than I'd like to admit. I have such a love-hate relationship with retinol. I think I said that in the last episode, but I always, whenever I'm booking in my eyebrows to get waxed, I'll put a reminder in my calendar like three days earlier that says stop using retinol because it's so easy to forget, especially it's easy to forget to remind our clients and it's also easy to, when your clients come in for your appointment, you just get chatting. You know, how are you? How's the dog? How's your holiday? Jump on the bed. We'll get started. Take the wax off. Oh shit, did you stop using vitamin A? No, okay, it's all right. And if that happens, look, it's not the end of the day. A little bit of bepanthem <laughs> never went astray. Just slather that baby on and just advise the client what has happened because the chances are if you explain it thoroughly, they won't freak out as much. Hey there, I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you are a beauty therapist who is hungry to learn more about skin science, skin histology, and skin concerns, and really level up your confidence around treating the skin and getting real results for your clients, then I have something for you. My course, Upgrade Your Skin Science Knowledge in 10 Days. When I first started on my journey, I really struggled to find resources online where I could learn more about the skin that didn't break the bank and really helped me to develop as a therapist. And over the past few years, I've had so many others tell me the exact same, which is exactly why I created it. So if you are listening to this and you've been searching for an amazing online resource that teaches you lots about skin, then check out my course, Upgrade Your Skin Science Knowledge in 10 Days. And don't forget to use the code SLU for Skin Lovers Unite, SLU50 to get 50% off your purchase. Now let's get back to today's episode. So I wanted to finish this episode by talking about retinol alternatives because there are so many people in this world who can't use retinol and I've worked with them and I've got friends who can't use retinol and they'll say that, you know, it gives them a bit of a response or just, you know, their skin can't tolerate it no matter what they do. And so we saw maybe like three years ago, a couple of different retinol alternatives start to pop up. The first being Bacuchiol. Now, I'm not sure if it's Bacuchiol, Bacuchol, I have no idea. I've heard it be said a few different ways, but Bacuchiol is really the up and coming plant extract that has been said to be used in Chinese and Indian restorative medicine for years. It is a plant-based extract and it works to mimic the same properties that retinol does within the skin, which is really cool. So a lot of the times, oh, and I forgot to mention this before as well. So another time that you should discontinue the use of retinol is when you are pregnant and breastfeeding. And this is because the World Health Organization put out a safety warning, I think in 97, don't quote me on that, about the safe use of vitamin A when pregnant and breastfeeding. Now, look, topical skincare won't get into the bloodstream as much as taking oral medication, but no skincare company or therapist wants that on their back. So it's just best to be safe. Then sorry in saying that though, I know lots of therapists who've used retinol throughout their whole pregnancies. But if people are looking for an alternative, you could look into Bacuchiol as an alternative. The other option is Lana Blue. So Lana Blue is a blue-green algae extract. 
It's rich in essential lipids, proteins, and vitamins, and it possesses retinoid-like properties again. So it helps to reduce the visible signs of premature aging and also promotes skin rejuvenation. So two amazing retinoid alternatives to consider if you have clients who are really sensitive to retinol, if they're pregnant or breastfeeding, or even if they're cereal waxes. (laughs) No, I would actually stop using Bakuchi on Lana Blue even prior to facial waxing because if they're having retinoid-like properties, they're probably going to cause you know, stimulation within the skin still. But lastly, I just wanted to remind you, always look after the barrier and always check in with your client's barrier when using vitamin A and always remind them to wear SPF when using retinol as well because overuse of retinol and I'm not even saying like you know using it twice a day every day but using it three or four times in a skin that's dehydrated or a skin that is prone to sun exposure every day will actually cause more damage because you're using retinol so your skin cells are more susceptible to that damage and also more susceptible to dehydration so super super important to make sure that we're looking after the barrier and reminding our clients to wear SPF every single day even if they are inside (laughs) maybe I should do a whole episode on SPF next but let me know if you found this episode helpful don't forget to screenshot it and post it onto Instagram and if you ever have any ideas you know how to reach out to me but thank you and I'll chat to you all soon thank you so much for listening to today's episode If you enjoyed it or learned something new, be sure to share this on Instagram and tag me at Skin Queen. That's queen with three E's and I'll be sure to repost you. Have an amazing day and stay moisturized.